Welcome to Signs of the Times, a look at recent world events from around our kitchen table. This week on the Signs of the Times podcast, we're going to be discussing mind programming, propaganda, and social control. And today with us, we have special guests, Jonathan and Jason. Customer service is the path of least resistance. One of the most memorable episodes of the 1960s television series, The Twilight Zone, hinges on just such a distinction. An advanced race of friendly aliens visits Earth, promising to bring us great advancements and prosperity. They invite human beings to visit their home planet, where we are to be treated like kings and queens. A scientist manages to obtain one of the aliens' books, but is able to translate only its title, To Serve Man. After thousands of people board spaceships to the alien planet, he's able to decipher the rest of the text, and it turns out to be a cookbook. And this is a quote from uh, Douglas Rushkoff's book, Coercion, which talks about PR, advertising, marketing, and the way we are all essentially manipulated by the marketplace. Customer service is, is one thing, but we, we can essentially talk about manipulation in every uh, facet of society. Um, the premise of the quotation itself, that of aliens, quote, unquote, serving man up as a, as a main course, uh, may have much more truth to it than we may realize. Michael A. Hoffman talks about this manipulation in terms of uh, uh, marketing and advertising. And you, you could call this, the, if you like, the three A's. And he says, what we observe in the population today are the three destructive symptoms of persons whose minds are controlled by alien forces. Amnesia, i.e. loss of memory. Two, abulia, i.e. loss of will. Three, apathy, i.e. loss of interest in events vital to one's own health and survival. And if we look around the world today, that seems to be exactly what's happening. People are, uh, in a sense, addicted to their beliefs. And these beliefs, uh, these addictions, if you like, are almost implanted uh, in every one of us, right from, from birth to death. To jump off into that, because as you mentioned, you know, people are addiction and things of that sort, as you just talk about uh, what mind programming is and, you know, just the general the general synopsis of what we're saying when we use the word of mind programming or we say brainwashing or we say any of these things, what exactly are we talking about? Well, uh, when you when you think of manipulation, mind manipulation, you have this sort of idea of conspiracy theories and, and uh, the evil doctors uh, operating on, on uh, unsuspecting victims that have been plucked from their homes and uh, and it, let's face it that may that may happen well not may it actually did happen because you know the, there's a <coughs> publicly recognized um officially recognized uh, CIA um, op, um are you talking about the CIA, church, CIA, church CIA, no the CIA program MK Ultra where right. they did um, mind control experiments on on people uh, which was exposed by the church commission yeah well no it was it was exposed under the freedom of information act uh, but they church commission. church commission the church commission investigated with Ted Kennedy who was involved in the church commission investigated oh. and found that uh, the CIA in the 1953 uh, Alan Dulles and uh, several doctors had gotten together and created MK MK Ultra. Yes, which was just uh, basically the testing of uh, psychotropic drugs on patients, uh, unwitting patients. Yes, in various universities. I think that there were thirteen major universities involved in the process. Yeah, but it, it included also other aspects like um, Jonestown, for example, right, right. the Jonestown massacre down in right. uh, South America, yeah. Guatemala, and. Um, 
So you know they definitely were were serious about that uh, about that uh, type of investigation. Right. And um, but they they claim that in I think it was in 1973 that they <coughs> that they ended the. They ended the project and right. uh, that they no longer pursued it, which was... And they conveniently destroyed uh, the majority of the documentation from the entire project. Yes, as they usually do. Yes. <laughs> as they usually do. Yes. And the stuff that survives is covered in black marks uh, where they had taken permanent marker and removed yes. it. Uh, yeah. But just because it's, it's kind of an important thing that uh, the drugs, the two main drugs that they were using happened to be two of the most popular drugs. The first one is, of course, lysergic acid diethylamide, LSD. By the way, LSD comes from the German name, not the American name, which is why it isn't LAD. And the other one was mescaline. Okay, LSD is an ergot uh, derivative, and mescaline comes from from peyote plants. And these are both, you know, drugs that uh, that attach to certain receptors in the brain and uh, you know cause delusions, but they also enhance memory. They uh, because of how they they attach to the receptors and, uh, on, on your neurons, they allow you to access parts of your brain that you wouldn't normally access in a certain experience, which is why when you smell something, you also, like if you smell a turkey, you see it running across the room because, you know, you, you lose these, the, the sectioning off of the brain and everything kind of works as one for, for a certain instant. And that way, some people claim that it's beneficial. That LSD was originally used in the treatment of things like schizophrenia, you know, and things like that. But... You know, we see that we see the records that that's the, those are the kind of drugs that they were using for mind programming, and then we look at today and we look at the most popular drugs on the market: LSD, mescaline, and uh, MDMA, which is uh, ecstasy. Which, mar- which market would that be? What is that in the local market? In the world market, oh, okay. GHB, MDMA. In the drug market, you mean? Yeah, okay. the drug market. Yeah, okay. Now, I was just wondering if I could go down <coughs> to my local market and get them right beside the cucumbers. I mean, yeah, the most popular drugs are, of course, you know, these drugs that are, are the euphoric drugs that, you know, create complacency like, you know, MDMA. So you're suggesting that, that, <coughs> that a lot of the drugs in the market, the popular drugs on, uh, that are being used by people around the world today are were actually a product of the development of, of, of these drugs in terms of… In terms well, of certainly, and their popularity is a direct result of perhaps, uh, you know, them taking from MKUltra becoming… MKUltra from being an internal project to just being let loose on the world and say, okay, we found out all this information. Now let's just get everybody mm-hmm. in the world using these drugs. Yeah, well, that's interesting because it brings up, uh, it gets into the idea of the two different uh, levels, I suppose, of of mind control in terms of that one direct uh, type of mind control, which is hard on, kind of um, pull on playing someone with uh, with with drugs and attempt to produce some specific yeah. reaction or, or to control them to mind control them literally, right. and the the other level which is a more subtle level of mind control which is, uh, as we're saying, with a lesser dose of this drug but which is uh, right. presented as a, as a recreational drug etc right. etc. Well, again, here comes another aspect of of what we're talking about with this mind programming is the mind programming about mind programming, which is the fact that it only takes place you know in in, in some secluded laboratory with some you know crazy mad scientist and a man strapped to a chair, that that's mind programming. And of course, you know. And the reality is, of course, that... The reality is, of course, is that uh, it's, it's that we're setting... All, we're all controlled right, to a certain extent. Yeah. yeah. So from, give us a few examples. Well, for example, um, if you go to a football game now, I mean, uh, manipulation in terms of... is, of course, about profits. And because you, you might have uh, uh, strategies and techniques that are developed from the military that have found their way into the marketplace in terms of technology, in terms of um, psychological <coughs> or, or psychological operations that, that are now used by corporations. Um, that can happen in the mall or in the supermarket, in a football game, 
uh, TV everywhere, but it's become so normalized that we we just don't see it anymore. It's it's like a, a normal way of life, but this normal way of life is of course. Um, once you begin to dig very deep, it's, it's actually very corrosive. It leads us to believe that things like uh, uh, the, the manufacturing of uh, or engineering of, of 9-11, which is a so-called conspiracy theory, when in fact there's uh, mountains of evidence that this was manufactured by, uh, in part by the Bush administration and other factions. Also, uh, you, can, you can have the, uh, the, the, uh, the belief that America is the... Is the the progressive uh, nation of democracy, even, even that it, that belief is failing now. But for a very long time, this has been the, the dominant uh, belief that that, that that is so. When in fact, if you do some research, you see that a lot of that is, is just pure fantasy. But that and fantasy this, is an outcome of mind programming. It, exactly. And you, no. you see, if you go, for example, if you, if you see, uh, going back to some of uh, uh, Douglas Rushkoff's um, examples... He has an excellent chapter on, on atmospherics uh, within malls and supermarkets. And if I can just quote a passage here, he says, um, talking about themes, where themes appeal to the subconscious, coercive atmospherics target the specific senses. Instead of using thematic and emotional devices, they use almost mechanical ones. Think of a coercive atmospheric working like the violet lights in a bug zapper or in bug zappers. Scientists studied mosquitoes to see precisely what frequency of light would attract them, then placed bulbs that emit this light within electrified mesh. The mosquitoes' instinctive reactions to particular frequencies of light are exploited to draw them to their deaths. Coercive atmospherics work the same way. Instead of looking at humans as conscious beings with behaviours that change in different habitats, Psychologists use coercive atmospherics to operate on our brains directly through the only portals they have to work with, the five senses. And they're developing uh, all kinds of technology, most of which have uh, had their origin in the military, right. to, to basically lure consumers into consuming more and more. And as we know, America is the, the primary consumer of the world. Rich. Uh, 25% or a quarter of the energy comes from, from America. Right. Uh, and you can see this dynamic. Not that we want to demonize America, but let's face it, the reality is most of the mind programming or the results of this mind programming come from an American capitalist system. The, the little bit about the, uh, the mosquito going towards the, the light is, is kind of interesting in, in light of, the, in light of uh, the article on the science page that we had uh, where they, they had... Uh, done some research that showed that people who have memories, uh, basically these memories can become distorted. So in this study, uh, what they showed was that uh, they, they showed a series of people, uh, I think it was flashcards, and they showed, it, showed them once to the people in the study group, and then they showed them a second time. And the second time, they had changed some of the cards. And so the study was intended to determine how it would be possible to influence uh, people's recollection of of what they saw. So the, the first time, sometimes they told people, you know, well, the cards are the same. Sometimes they, you know, they they had switched the cards, and people insisted, no, no, it's the same card. And while they were doing this, they they uh, did uh, some MRIs of the the test subjects' brains, and they discovered this very particular portion of the brain which is involved in uh, the, the the formation of memories. 
And so this sort of gives us an idea. The, the comment that we had on the science page was, well, gee, that's interesting. How about, you know, what happened on 9-11 where people are absolutely certain that what they saw was a uh, you know an American Airlines uh, airliner plowing into the Pentagon and 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 the study basically showed that that you know memory is not uh, terribly reliable and that in fact if after people witness something what it amounts to is a, a false memory can be created the if you are cards. yeah in, insistent enough that no this is what happened people can actually believe that what the, the lie that they are told is what they actually saw, and they will literally have a memory in their brain of seeing an American Airlines jet plowing into the Pentagon, and they'll say, no, I was there, I saw it, when in fact they saw nothing of the sort. They just saw, they heard it on the news, and they heard somebody on the news say that I saw it, and so all of a sudden what they remember is... Well, just to go back a little bit, um, it, the real the central thesis uh, that we're presenting here is, is that uh, human beings are eminently mind programmable. In fact, it, it, it reminds me of um, a fairly well-known uh, little story about uh, when, when cinema first took off in the U.S. and a lot of people were going to the movie theaters and uh, watching movies. Um, the, 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 the cinema um, owners, in, in conjunction with uh, people providing services at the, at the cinema, and obviously the, the, the film um, producers, Came up with this idea of, of how to get people to um, to buy more at the movie theaters uh, over and above their, their their entrance ticket for the for the movie. So they came up with a little jingle um, in the half halfway break. They had a little halfway break between uh, during the movie, and the, the jingle was "Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to buy ourselves a drink." Maybe we should sing it. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby and have ourselves a drink. Something like that. So the point is that, you know, when when they played this... I want a snack. When they played this, the the amazing... The amazing... Mm. Don't even start. <laughs> Pepsi, the, cola... The, the, when they played this, the um, the amazing result, extremely predictable result, was that a lot more people started going to the lobby to get themselves a snack. Now, simply because these are people who otherwise, we suppose, may not have gone to the lobby to get themselves a snack, but because they were told to go to the lobby and get themselves a snack by the authorities, um, you know, the movie movie producers, people people in authority, people with a, in a position of disseminating information or disseminating a message that would make people do things. The now, screen made me do it. This this kind of brings us to another uh, core question, which is um, when you have a, a government or a group of people in authority with a lot of power who have this information that it is extremely easy to program the citizenry, what are they going to do? What are they going to do with that information? And do you, Can any of us imagine what might be going through the minds of people like, say, it was Dick Cheney at the time who, who got this information that it was extremely easy to program millions of people in a very easy way with very limited resources. You could make people do what you want, make them think what you wanted them to think and do what you wanted them to do. What would such people do? And this is what the whole thing hinges on because when it comes down to it, the, the problem people have with any idea that, that, that their thoughts are not their own is that the people who are disseminating or in a position to disseminate information would not do that, that they would not be so cruel as to try and use this uh, th- this this frailty or this this uh, 
this um, this tendency to 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 uh, this, the supple, suppleness of, of mind that 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 uh, that, is a, that is an aspect of, of the human condition that they would not use that against the people. Now, it's not a question of whether or not they do. I mean, well, CNN. This no, no. The CNN reported the story where Carl Rove met with uh, the MPAA and the leaders of the major studios in, in November, I think, of two thousand and two. Uh, they met, and the, and the topic of the whole thing was the the <coughs> war on terrorism. That's right. He met forty Hollywood leaders in the second week in November two thousand one. Two thousand one. Sorry, so this is just the nine eleven. Right, and then right away. Right away after uh, after nine eleven, they were basically planning out, you know, patriotic movies. The emphasis was on patriotism, and the primary purpose was to enlist their help in the nation's cause, uh, the war against terrorism, which happens to be bogus. But the war movies started before then. Why? It seems to be a, a concurrent uh, theme uh, of propaganda. So it wasn't just 9-11 that uh, started. It's been, it's been going on for a long time. For example, uh, Top Gun, it was an extremely popular movie, it was released in 1986, and enrollments in the Navy flying program shot up. Uh, the, the BBC, for example, picked up on this stratagem in a report from October 2001, just after 9-11 again, and we discovered that the U.S. intelligence specialists sought in secret, and I quote, advice on handling terrorist attacks from Hollywood filmmakers. And according to the trade paper Variety, a discussion group between movie and military representatives was held at the University of Southern California. So on the one hand, they're seeking advice, and on the other hand, they are actively reshaping Hollywood to their own ends. They're yep. seeking advice from Hollywood <laughs> filmmakers? <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, but when you have, you have Hollywood <coughs> filmmakers who are seasoned in essentially propaganda, because even, even within the box, within society, you watch enough of movies with Steven Seagal in there, and your brain is the size of a peanut. Then you're, you're obviously going hey, to. Hey, 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 I like Steven Seagal. <laughs> yeah, but you're obviously going to, to be of that mindset. He's a fellow uh, Aikido. He's going to be influenced very easily by any kind of propaganda that's put in place by CNN or via any news uh, statement. Or Steven Seagal. Indeed. Movies operate in the <laughs> well, same way as, as Fox News. Well, we this, has been going Fox on, like. this has been going on for more than 100 years. I mean, the first. Uh, Basically, it's, it's uh, historians agree that the first you know propaganda film you know sponsored and created by the military was "Take Down the Spanish Flag" in 1898. Right, that it was you know the the premier propaganda film. So it's been going on, you know, since the commencement of the cinema. I mean, they've been using this as uh, to to plant this uh, you know this type of thing in. Think of Nazi Germany. This is not. Ju I mean, the thing is, is also remember that there's there's a myriad of uses. People always, you know, you can't think that they're only going to do it for one thing. It's not just for the war on terrorism. It's also they'll use it for boosting recruitment, for you know, uh, demonizing the enemy, for turning you know, the, everything that they do into some sort of like godly moral act. Which of course we can we can see that with the, with the Iraq War and with the Bush administration generally. Well, the the outcome of uh, of these meetings, like the meeting with Karl Rove and, and the Pentagon and the Department of Defense and things like that, with these movie directors, you you end up having movies like you know Tom Cruise met with uh, CIA f officials to uh, discuss the agency's image uh, and how they were going to improve it on his his new movie coming out, Mission Impossible Three. Uh, which is rather interesting that uh, you know 
Well, it's not so much interesting as it's just blatant. At this point, it's deeply disturbing. Blatant. It's deeply disturbing. And we were talking about um, how society is influenced day to day through advertising, um, marketing, um, and PR. And public relations has been a, a major player in uh, certainly in the in the, the present administration, the Bush administration. And uh, like salesmen, public relations specialists seek to mirror the conscious and unconscious concerns of their targets uh, in order to change their perception of reality. Okay. Which is why it's so important for the Bush administration to utilize one particular company, a Rendon company, uh, headed by one John Rendon, a strategic communications firm hired by the Pentagon, I believe for about 100 thousand dollars a month uh for what well of course the, the war on terrorism and uh, john rendon describes himself as a as a, an information warrior and a perception manager which of course with people like bush and carl rove rumsfeld cheney this is perfect um and he he is still employed i believe in ensuring that uh, what is aired as news uh, is tailored uh, to the Bush administration's particular worldview, which, as we can see, is, is fairly invasive and corrosive for most of the world. Yes, yeah, so what we're really saying here is that the at the current <coughs> uh, at the current stage in, in, in our history, um, the powers that be, be that's governments, uh, corporations, etc., have decades and decades of um, of experience and practice at um, at, at manipulating and controlling uh, perception, essentially. Now, um, when it's when it's a case of um, a corporation or a, a, a supermarket chain um, hiring some PR executives or some advertising executives who who are able to deliver um, increased sales via a certain type of advertising by 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 ensuring that people, you know, purchase more of a product that they don't necessarily need or want, but the bottom line is that they purchase it. Um, that that scenario is not exactly it's, – it's not so bad in a way, okay? People are being manipulated. They're being sub- very subtly mind-controlled and mind-programmed, but it doesn't have any serious life-threatening um, effects on, on, the average, on the average person. But the problem is when that level of expertise and understanding of essentially how people respond and how to manipulate people to, to believe something uh, is applied to, for example, uh, situations and um, areas of their lives um, – particularly, for example, the war on terror and um, civil liberties, et cetera, et cetera, and what exactly the government is doing in a direct way um, vis-a-vis the people, then um, it becomes much more serious. Um, and and we've been t- this is something we've been talking about for, for, for a long time on the science page, is that uh, with, the, with the 9-11 war on terror and the way people, most people perceive that and um, the resulting uh, clampdown on civil liberties, etc., um, these things have a much more direct and much more negative influence, uh, much more immediately negative influence, at least in potential, on not ju- not just on people's pockets, what they eat, or their salaries, um, but more so on their lives. And this is where we get into a very serious situation. Absolutely. But I think the only reason why uh, the Bush administration is able to so effectively um, use this, this these powers of persuasion, which is increasingly... Uh, going beyond persuasion is because those those societal 
structures are in place for them to do that. <coughs> they're, and they're, they're in place because it's been a, a, it's the same, it's the same dynamic they're using, extreme capitalism. I mean, you can call it any ism, but uh, the process of, of extreme consumerism, if you like, is a perfect mirror image of the dynamic of the Bush administration. They seek to consume. And the only, the only reason they're able to get away with it is because the population is so used to being consumers. We're now called consumers. And, and not just the, the fact that it's the, the, that the structure of uh, the, the programming and, and, and propaganda that the government uses is, is so similar to that, you know, that which is used to sell products to the people, but the fact that uh, consumerism is so rampant in the U.S., it, it, it serves as, uh, in addition to what you were saying, it serves as an, a very nice distraction where people are so preoccupied with having the new SUV and the giant house and, you know, having the DVD player and all the technological toys. And, you know, on, on the one hand, they're distracted from it, and then it makes it that much easier to come in with this other propaganda, which people are far less concerned about because, mm. well, they're busy trying to get stuff. And yeah. so then... Then the government comes in with the propaganda and the and the subtle mind programming, and says, "Well, you should support the war on terror because it's the American thing to do." And they associate America with having stuff and the American way of life, and so then it just makes it that much easier. And, and you have a, a wider and wi wider gap between the rich and the poor. So you've got the rich, who are, are like anesthetized by this this intense materialism. Yeah, and, and 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 they are, and then you've got the other spectrum. You've got the people that are getting more and more into poverty, who are seeking just to survive. They're, they're providing for their families. The last thing on their minds is what whether or not the Bush administration, you know, did or did not uh, shoot a missile into the Pentagon or or engineered the Pentagon. Um, yeah. And then you've got the other people being literally amused to death um, with every kind of uh, uh, distraction, <coughs> technological distraction. This is technopia. Mm -hmm. And in, in terms of the haves and the have-nots, then you also have the fact of the matter is that the U.S. economy is not in good shape and the majority of, of the American people are buried under a severe amount of debt. And, of course, financing this, this lifestyle, this American dream, if you want to call it that, is basically you know everyone's pretending that they have all this wealth that they really don't have. So in a sense, they're fooling themselves and they're lying to themselves which then, of course, makes it that much easier. And another aspect of it is it makes it that much easier for the government to lie to them. And, of course, you know, they're sort of used to lying to themselves and being lied to. And so then you have sort of perhaps this other dimension to it as well. So it's pretty insidious. It's very insidious because this, this, this subjective bubble that's, that's, that's allowed to, been allowed to manifest, you've got this subjective economic bubble that really is a complete illusion that's going to have to burst eventually. Similarly, the, the illusion that, that people think that uh, the government is there for the people is also going to have to burst, uh, and probably simultaneously. And when that happens, you're going to have some serious shocks for, for everyone, I think. Yeah, and it, it'll certainly be interesting to see what happens in the upcoming days. Uh, of course, we have the recent uh, indictment and resignation of I. Lewis Libby, so of course the question then is you know is is this this bubble going to burst and well we we kind of suspect that it might but then the real question is obviously something's going to come after that so what are the powers that be going to bring in after that to save the day so to speak well at the, at the minute things are looking pretty bad in terms of um as you said the the decades of of 
subtle mind programming that have that pe- people, particularly Americans, but obviously other people all around the world, have been subjected to um, by their governments about their governments about uh, their government's intentions, but. Perhaps a saving grace is the fact that as things progress, um, that these government officials cannot um, continue to to act in, in a way uh, that is decidedly negative without there being some evidence, however small, of, of that of the true nature of their of their intentions. And it actually uh, brings to mind a story just from um, from today's science page, where it was reported that. Um, Dick Cheney is uh, heading up the the campaign to allow um, torture to continue to be used by the U.S. military, uh, i.e. Uh, in contravention of the of the Geneva Conventions and international law. Um, he is pushing extremely forcefully the idea that um, that American soldiers and the, the American military in general should be allowed to continue to torture uh, what they term combatants. And these are people who have not been accused of any crime but simply have been picked up in Iraq or Afghanistan or anywhere else around the world, have been rendered, as they say, he wants the American government to be to be completely uh, free to to essentially murder these people um, through through torture. Now the question is um, that's pretty clear for a start. That's pretty clear um, evidence of the nature of of Dick Cheney, for example, and it and it stands in complete contrast to uh, everything that most Americans and most of the people around the world have been told about the nature of of the American government in that they're there to serve the people and that they're the leaders of the greatest democracy on earth and they stand for freedom and justice, uh, etc., etc. Now, uh, this kind of friction that, that, that those two opposing uh, realities, let's say, uh, obviously one of them is, is a real reality and the other is a, is a, is a fictional or illusory reality, that, but the friction that they, that they present uh, really will provide or does provide a perfect opportunity for people to, um, to really open their eyes and start to realise what's going on. But the question obviously is, will people be able to um, to overcome these years of programming and uh, mind control that they have been subjected to, to believe a certain uh, thing or a certain, believe uh, certain concepts um, about their government, about their, their country, about what it stands for, and, and about themselves, ultimately. This is why uh, propaganda is so effective, <coughs> because it... it uh it disallows any kind of, of uh, objective thinking because, as we said before, as Scotty said before, you know, um, th- most people are surviving in this world. They're trying to survive to provide for their families. They don't have the time very often to do research. Um, but even, I think, what's scary, even in the mainstream news, which is very, very often uh, wholly distorted towards particular agendas, there is enough information to, to see that... Uh, as the example you gave, um, just allowing, just against the Geneva Convention, just to allow to torture people to death is enough to, to really uh, sound the alarm bells. And once you, once you look at that, you can make connections to other signs, big warning signs within government, within society at large. And when you begin to make those connections, you, see, you just see how... Uh, a big a part propaganda plays and has always played in society. And it's only then, I think, you can begin to, <coughs> to make uh, a form networks with other people and to discuss it. And, it, and it's then that this, this apathy that we talked about, that, that the quotation from Michael Hoffman about this, this terrible apathy and, and loss of interest and, 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 and almost depression about the way things are going, it is possible to, to become, if you like, more creative about and not accept this propaganda uh, and that that's the opportunity that we have 
today is to yeah. become active, to, to use your voice in well, some you, way. Yeah, I mean, but it, it's maybe even more than that because just to bring it home to people, um, if you consider what we've just said about Dick Cheney, and this is, you can see this, uh, view this document or this, this article on our, on our science page uh, where, where he is pushing for the right essentially, for American citizens, what are American citizens within the military, to torture to death uh, people who have not been accused of any crime and uh, against... against Torture in any way. I mean, torture to death, torture in any way. I mean, not just torture to death, but torture in any way. Well, no, but but the fact is, okay, there's torture, which can be justified in in some degree, uh, or is justified in some degree by the Bush administration in saying that these are people who have information that may save American lives. Uh, But the fact is that, and and this is on record, that uh, a large percentage of of the people that are in the various, and, and there are possibly dozens of covert secret prisons around the world that are run by the U.S. military, the people in these prisons have just been picked up on on the scantiest of of of, um, of information about about what they were doing, and in these places they are all selectively subjected to torture, which includes uh, and again this is on record, which includes some of them actually being strangled to death by so, by U.S. soldiers. Now the fact it's is not that an effective way of torture, by the way. No, well, yeah. <laughs> Just to point it's, that out, because people have a hard time talking while they're being strangled. So yeah. well, exactly. They're trying That's to elicit information. Yes, yeah, so, but the point is that is that uh, this is something that is being advocated by Dick Cheney, essentially torturing or torturing to death people who are possibly or quite likely innocent. And the real question is for Americans, particularly, is this is the vice president of our country and, and probably the person who holds most of the the power in in the U.S. administration. Now the question is, someone of that character, of that nature, who would willingly uh, advocate the murder of potentially innocent people, uh, from his point of view, he doesn't know if they're innocent, if they're, if they're guilty of anything. Um, so he advocates their, their murder. Uh, what could be the possible intentions of a person of such a character towards the American people? Would you, as an American yeah. citizen, trust such a man to safeguard your own interests in times of crisis, or say you wanted to stand up and disagree with him yeah. publicly, protest publicly? Would you be happy that the orders that are being fulfilled by the law enforcement in the U.S., his orders that are being fulfilled by these people, would you be happy that your life would be safe in their hands, given that this is a reality, that his intentions yeah. towards them? Yeah, I mean, because what if it was your child? I mean, the same thing with this whole, you know, legalizing of torture, which has also been, you know, has also been pushed in the movies, has always been America is the country that doesn't do it and everyone else does. Again, this mind sort of, uh, This mind program of America, the Geneva Convention, we never torture prisoners, but everyone else does. And now, you know, people are, are, are sort of desensitized to the concept and beginning to think that, you know, maybe we should be torturing these prisoners because everyone else is doing it, mm-hmm. which is, of course, utterly and completely ridiculous. Well, exactly. And this, and this, is, um, this is where, you know, we're trying to present this to, to, to Americans in particular because um, essentially, like we're saying, their, their lives may depend on it. And uh, ultimately, one day, their lives may well depend on on their ability to see through this uh, mind programming, or first of all, to accept that that this mind programming exists in many, many areas, and that they have essentially been set up to be, their minds have been set up to be extremely malleable, and then uh, they have been consistently lied to by, by their elected representatives, and you know, there's one there's one question that maybe people could reasonably uh, point out, which is, you know, why should it concern them? You know that, that they're torturing foreign, um, you know, Afghanis or Iraqis. 
And the fact is, as we're saying, it's not just. It may well not just be about them anymore. It may be about 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 American citizens. And there really is no reason for people not to start taking this on board and to 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 looking into this to try and ascertain for themselves whether this is actually a reality. And we can assure you that it is, and you can verify that for yourself. Because until people accept it and see it for the reality that it is, there'll always, there'll always be hesitation. They'll wonder if it's really true or not. And it's like there's that saying of, you know, he who hesitates is lost. But if people don't get to the point where they can see it and accept it as a reality, then there, there will be this hesitation and um, they won't be in a position to take effective action against it when they see it coming there'll, there'll be doubt there'll always be doubt and, and people shy away from looking at this information and leave themselves in a position of doubt which is which is just as bad as being completely lost in illusion because you still don't you lose that, those precious moments or those precious seconds where if you understood it as a reality you would immediately act and the thing is there is as, as, I, as I said there's no reason why people should not um take the effort to go and try and find this out and, and make it second nature. Take it on and, 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 and try and find uh, the, the... Absolutely, the, the strength. The and, and, and knowing as well that, 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 that when you do that, that you're living in a society that, that operates on fear. And exactly. fear is, is, is the, the, the basic instinct that, is, um, that allows people like Cheney Rumsfeld to do what they're doing. So you have to, in a sense, you have to work through that fear in order to do uh, most things in life. That are, they're worth anything mm-hmm. um, because it, it, it's not uh, a question of being separate from from uh, from external events and going back to 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 understanding just how much if you like how much propaganda power is projected into into to everyone's living room every night via the TV via the radio even the, the internet um, it's 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 enormous I mean if you if you imagine uh, there's Laura Brahm from, from her book Culture Vultures says that in, in 1950 the CIA's budget and let's, let's, let's be honest about it the intelligence agencies are about manipulation deception the world over they're not about uh, uh, altruism, they're not about providing for the common good, let's get that straight so therefore uh, in 1950 the CIA's budget for psychological warfare was 34 million and over the next two years, that figure quadrupled. So that was in 1950. So w- what on earth is it now? Mm. Uh, and, and if you put behind that the technology, and there's no question that technology now is, is hugely in advance to what we see in the marketplace. Mm. So that begs the question, what kind of technology are they using uh, behind the scenes, even behind Bush, which is, who, who is essentially uh, a puppet with very loose strings? I mean, it's it's very clear. So the real powers behind people like Bush and Cheney, well, how are they utilizing this technology? For example, how is the U.S. Navy utilizing a vast amount of experience since uh, uh, in technology since World War Two? Okay, so there's a there's actually an article that I just want to uh, read a little piece from. It's from um, yesterday's science page. Um, and the title is Pentagon nominee aims for more positive Iraq stories where it says President George Bush's nominee to be the Pentagon's chief public affairs official told Congress on Tuesday he hoped to encourage more positive stories about the Iraq war by encouraging the practice of embedding reporters with U.S. troops in Iraq. 
Now, this is a perfect example of, um, again, of mind, mind, contro- mind control or mind programming uh, through the use of, of lies and um, false information. And obviously it, it pertains directly to, to the war in Iraq, um, where this guy is advocating embedding or placing um, reporters who are completely enthralled to the U.S. government and completely uh, just parrot their, their, their propaganda over and over again. He wants to put people like this in with U.S. military patrols to supposedly give an accurate account of what, what is actually happening. Now, this is another example of just of the, the, way the, the blatant way that, that they are conducting their, their affairs these days in, in attempting to fool people and lie to people. And it also provides another opportunity for people to see the reality of the situation. Um, but it also pertains to uh, a, a, a point that is probably quite relevant to a lot of people in terms of you know, okay, so the U.S. government is lying to people, lying to the American people about about the Iraq War and about what's actually happening in, in, in the Iraq War. I mean, we have the figure of of over two thousand U.S. soldiers killed now, and we have talked in the past about how that figure is uh, grossly misrepresented and understated. Uh, in fact, the figure is probably somewhere closer to eight thousand U.S. soldiers killed. But the point again is. Why should anybody care? Okay, so they're lying about you know how many how many Iraqis are killed, how many U.S. soldiers are killed. But does that really concern in any direct way? Does that concern the American people? I mean, who cares? They just get on with their lives and let the government do its own thing. And sure, everybody knows they lie all the time. They gotta lie about war and stuff because you know there's a negative kind of uh, propaganda fallout uh, from, from from wars and stuff, and it has to be kept from the people. But if we just kind of track it back, the fact that so they're lying to you about the Iraq War. Uh, they're lying to you about what the U.S. military is doing there, uh, and obviously they're lying to you about why they are there. Of course, the American people and the world were told that um, the Iraq War was directly related to 9/11 because Saddam was involved with Al Qaeda, who carried out 9/11. Both of these statements are now provable lies, um, and if we just take it back another step, then the 9/11. Uh, which again is a lie, um, led to uh, and has led to and is continuing to result in the clampdown on civil liberties within the US where you have um, people's civil rights are being, are, being, are being removed systematically and um, there is provisions now for in any kind of natural disasters for the military to be on the streets, for curfews to be imposed. But obviously you're being lied to about that as well. Um, for example, in Katrina, one of the, one of the ways that this occurred was, uh, you know, the stalling of the relief efforts in Katrina, um, which led to the supposed need for the military to go and organize the relief efforts. This is another lie, um, that, that people are believing that has been disseminated by the government and people, the ordinary American people are being directly affected by it. So all of these lies, I mean, there's no, there's no lie that has been presented by the U.S. government that cannot be tracked back directly to uh, the the individual U.S. citizen and where it does not have a direct effect on the everyday lives and freedoms of, of any U.S. citizen. So if that isn't a good enough reason for everybody uh, to be concerned about all of the lies that are being told because it's just like a web of lies and all of them are interconnected and they all have direct relationship to your and will have direct relationship to your individual lives. And if you do not start to sit up and take notice, well, then you are definitely going to pay the price. That is a <coughs> foregone conclusion. No, but then this is, the, this is the land of, of Disneyland. <coughs> and uh, that is such a strong uh, addiction. And like any addiction, it's going to take a 
an enormous shock to break that. So I'm kind of I'm extremely cynical that that America can pull itself out of uh, of this vast um, control system. Well, it should be it should be it should be a shock at this stage where if people are are being exposed to what we talked about about Cheney. Well, then that should be a shock. Sure, if that isn't a big enough shock, well, then... Sure, then, but think then, of, then think the of New, Orle- New Orleans. People lost their lives and their families. Uh, and and if, if this, is, this is a shock within a box that you'd still, you still have people saying, oh, well, this was a natural disaster. But the, 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 the crimes that were committed by FEMA, the, the obvious, clear uh, I mean, they, distortions, they, they manipulations... They went in cutting lines. They went in cutting phone lines. Exactly. I know, so that people couldn't call out from the disaster even, areas. Exactly. People even still in New Orleans still will not believe that, that that was the case yeah, i mean and not only that but they were fema was forcing for, for first responders people coming in from from outside of new orleans who wanted to come in to help to bring water medical supplies you know other sheriff's departments they turned them they told them to go back and they even put up on their website you know first responders you know don't just come you know coordinate with us and basically they were telling them to just go away yeah let me just let me just read a bit from uh, Dave McGowan's latest new- newsletter where he says and among numerous other crimes against the people of New Orleans FEMA declined an offer from the city of Chicago to send 44 Chicago fire department rescue and medical personnel and their gear more than 100 Chicago police officers, 140 streets and sanitation, 146 public health and 8 human service workers, and a fleet of vehicles including 29 trucks, 2 boats and a mobile clinic. Instead, FEMA asked Chicago to send just a single truck. FEMA also refused to allow into New Orleans up to 500 Florida airboats who had volunteered to rescue Hurricane Katrina victims, transport relief workers and ferry supplies. Many of the pilots had spent thousands of their own dollars stocking their boats and swamp buggies with food, water and medical supplies and fuel. More than 50 civilian aircraft responding to separate requests for evacuations from hospitals and other agencies swarmed to the area a day after Katrina hit, but FEMA blocked their efforts as well. So, I mean, basically, I mean, because right now I I don't think there's too many people in New Orleans listening, but I mean, when they come out and see... You know some of the the evidence of what happened. I mean, all these people are going to this to- this horrible torture. I mean, torture. I mean, talk about legalizing torture. I mean, FEMA is is torturing the victims of of Hurricane Katrina. And we note that all of it. Uh, the conclusion we come to is that all of it was designed to present this this idea, this concept to the American people that the normal federal and uh, local emergency relief agencies were. Incompetent and were unable it to. Had to be they, the military. they were unable and had to be the military, and therefore, from now on, any disaster, any natural disaster, or any uh, natural, any crisis of any of any shape or, or size, will immediately require the input or the the deployment of of the military. And we're also seeing uh, an increasing reflection of what's happening in Iraq in America. I mean, there's, there's the really uh, the, you can see the contracts, for example, corporations, Halliburton, for example. And some of the the, uh, the the cleanup operations mm. and the repair is done by by yeah. American companies, Chinese company. Yeah, the whole thing's rotten to the and core. You, and the same with uh, New Orleans. I mean, it, it, isn't got, it ridiculous that, that America's government. emergency services are corporations, for-profit corporations? That are the I mean, it's it's really quite. It's a sick and and, and disgusting mess. Well, it's a very uh, tight news. Of course, all of this. 
um, all of this information is not really available to the American people, uh, mainly because of the the mainstream media and, and the way that they're completely co-opted into uh, pirating the government's propaganda over and over again. And in fact, in that article that I just uh, referenced, um, the Pentagon nominee aims for more positive Iraq stories where he talked about embedding um, reporters with the Iraq troops to present a more positive view uh, to the American people of what was happening in Iraq. Um, when this was presented, uh, it was discussed in, in, in Congress, I think, and two senators uh, give two opposing opinions on, on, on this um, on this proposal that, that this guy had uh, presented. Uh, one of them blasted U.S. media coverage of the war in Iraq, saying that it focused mostly on bad news and said he hoped Smith could somehow shame the press into providing more positive coverage. And, and then a second uh, senator, a Democratic senator, Ben Nelson of Nebraska, bristled at these charges, saying that he thinks the media has done and continues to do a remarkable job of telling us what we cannot see. Now, <laughs> this, this is guy. a perfect example of, of, of the way that uh, a lot of issues, not just the media, are dealt with in, 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 in the world of American politics, where rather than giving two are two real or actual opposing viewpoints. Um, they create two kind of false viewpoints and then argue about those. Like, so, so we have one guy saying that, that the media is terrible because it's not presenting a positive enough picture in Iraq. And the other guy is saying that the media is doing a remarkable job of presenting the real picture of Iraq, both of which are completely untrue. The media is... I mean, it just it just becomes completely mind-boggling in a way because, well, the assumption, the, the the implication of the argument is that the media is doing, it's not in bed with the government, or that the media is not, you know, reporting its propaganda. It's not being used as a tool. The implication of the argument is that they are having problems with with what's going on here, and, and it's ridiculous. It's a faked argument entirely. But that's I mean, the, that's the the thing about propaganda. It's a very clever tool to play to play one off against the other but, well of course but people the average american citizen looking at this thinks that there's there's some kind of representation going on here you know exactly. that there's two Automatic, opposing arguments the implication two, two the, opposing the, the, the media is doing its so they take a completely false premise and then they argue two sides of that false premise as, right. as if to present some kind of a just to go into something because a lot of people especially in america and coming from america there is this whole not only the freedom of the press the sanctity of the press thing going on Okay, but the belief that that what the these these news agencies, which are not agencies, they're corporations, these companies, these for-profit companies that are distributing the news, you know, is that they basically they they report what they see, but and that there is some sort of requirement or some sort of regulation that they have to tell you the truth, or that they will tell you the truth because they couldn't lie, they couldn't make it up. But if you were to go back and you were to look at the the, the not so long ago uh, lawsuit by two two reporters in Florida against Fox News Corporation, uh, in which they won at first, they won a settlement because uh, Fox News had tried to false had falsified information for the story to to paint a a, 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 a pharmaceutical corporation in a, in a prettier light. So they sued. They went out for whistleblower whistleblower status. Sued Fox and won. That was in a circuit court, and then a higher judge threw it out based on the uh, based on his decision that news corporations are not obligated to tell you the truth; that they are allowed to fabricate a story; that there is no law that says that they cannot make it all up. So, I mean, there is precedence for 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 this sort of statement that they're they're making it up, that they're faking it. There is precedence that you know they have done it before. 
They have been taken to court for it. And the court of the United States of America has said that it is not illegal for a news corporation to falsify a news story, to just make it up. They can make it up. They are completely uh, within their legal rights to lie. And then you'll find that that the reporting of that particular news story will be on page 69 of a a bumper issue newspaper right down the left-hand column where no one's going to read it. So all this essential information, when it does come out through the mainstream media, is buried where you're least likely to read it. Well, actually, the humorous thing is I saw the recording uh, of Fox News 13 of um, of the news show. It was like the 10 o'clock news reporting on the victory in court that they had had, the victory that basically just said to all news corporations that they are within their legal rights to falsify the story. And the reporter actually said, you know, uh, we were falsely accused of falsifying a story and, and a judge has to, has completely exonerated us. And that was the end. We were completely exonerated. He never even said the decision was that we're not obligated to tell you the truth. He just said we were exonerated. As if like it nullified the everything that was about the story, and it didn't. It just basically said that, yeah, they did lie, but they were legally allowed to. So we're going to end it there, but um, this is obviously a very complex subject, or rather subjects, dealing with the lies and, and illusions that are presented as, as truth to the world, to the American people, by by governments, um, particularly at this moment in time, by the by the U.S. government. But we'd just like to uh, reiterate again that um, there is no way uh, for anyone to really get away from this or to excuse themselves from any involvement in it, because quite clearly everyone is involved. Because you will be made to be involved by the very uh, by the very fact of your your existence, of, of of you being in a body on the ground in America or anywhere else around the world. You are going to be involved in the policies that are being handed down that are all based on lies. And we can say that pretty much to to, to, to a T, that all of them are based on lies uh, and uh, they affect you uh, very directly. So um, unless you start to do something about it, uh, you literally uh, are going to be a victim of these uh, psychopaths in power who have absolutely, as we've talked about Cheney, have absolutely no uh, value or place no value on uh, on human life, and that includes your life. And if there's one um, quote uh, that could sum up what we've been trying to convey here th- this evening, it's from Bertrand Russell, who is a philosopher, who said that, I think the subject which will be of most importance politically is mass psychology. Although this science will be diligently studied, it will be rigidly confined to the governing class. The populace will not be allowed to know how its convictions were generated. I would like to thank everyone out there for joining us. Please remember to visit us at www.signs-of-the-times.org. So, thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next week.